home to me is kind of a a love letter to my own identity you know um i have art in this home i made myself that says so much about who i am and i wouldn't hang that at a grocery store it's here you know (laughs) like that's the thing it's not at you know the locker room in my gym or wherever i used to shower back in the day it's 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 all here Welcome to the Crossing It Off Podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. My name is Roger Williams, and as the host of this show, I will be interviewing guests, people just like you, that are crossing items off their own bucket list. My hope is that by hearing these stories, you will be inspired and empowered to cross items off your own bucket list when you find something impactful for your journey we invite you to share the episode with one other person and leave an honest rating or review of the show this is an amazing way for you to gift those feelings of inspiration and joy to others now let's start crossing it off together Welcome, everybody, to the Crossing It Off podcast. I am so excited that you're here again with us this week. Lots of times we put on our list to buy things. Um, sometimes those things are small. Sometimes those things are large. My guest today, Jared Troth, has uh, done that. I'm excited for him to be here. He is a podcast host, producer, and homeowner. Jared, thanks for coming. Thank you. Do I call you Roger? Oh, yeah. What yeah, do you? Yeah. I, I feel like that. There's so many nicknames with Roger, you know. No, no, no. Rogers, Rogers, good. I like uh, it. Roger. There's, no, there's only five people in the world that can call me Roger and get away with it. So uh, That's yeah, fair. Roger works. Yeah. Yeah. So Jared, tell us what did you cross off your list? You know, buying a home, which I know is a big one for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it can be for sure. Uh, yeah. and, and when you put it in the context of the American dream, it's almost like a have to or expectation. What was it for you that you wanted to buy a home? What, what was it about your upbringing or just what were your, was your thought process and said, I'm going to put this on my list? Yeah, you know, there's there's kind of a lot behind it. And I think that there's there's a little bit of backstory that I have to provide sure. to explain why I'm so fixated on home, uh, home ownership. It's something I've always been kind of just fixed on. Um, so like right now I should mention, I currently own like four properties. I know flex brag, you know, <laughs> I own two houses, one condo, one plot of land. And I, I got to tell you, I'm only beginning. Like I really want to yeah. keep going in this. Um, but you know, my obsession with home ownership, it stems from like a lot of hardships when I was younger you know, I think I I try not to talk about this a lot. So it's weird because this is kind of like something I keep private with my friends and all that. But I, I really want to share this with you, a complete stranger, because yeah. I think it's very pertinent and it's going to help a lot of people. Awesome. Um, so first things first is that I was one of those kids who got kicked out of their parents' house at 18. Mm. And I know that it's kind of part of our culture. You know, it's this whole idea of we want this rugged individualism. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people think, well, he was probably a slacker, you know, just playing video games in the basement all the time. And that I was going to college. I had a job. You know, it was just kind of um, I don't think my parents did it to build character in me. I think it was just their their marriage was kind of on the rocks, you know, to kind of spill the tea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think, you know, having me around and help, I was constantly siding with my mother. Um, and that was kind of the last straw for my stepdad. So I was out. And I remember uh, driving like home, quote unquote, home from work. And I just kind of stopped and I thought, like, where am I going? 
I, mm. I don't have anywhere to really drive to. And at that time in my life, I was just living in my car. Or if I was lucky, I slept on a friend's couch and I showered at the gym. And most of my free time was just trying to find a safe place to park my car overnight. I was living in San Diego and it's just very like hostile to anyone who is living that kind of lifestyle. It's not easy. And on top of it all, school was really demanding. So I was sure. studying architecture of all things. <laughs> and if you want to know anything about architecture school, it's that everyone wants to be an architect and architecture school is kind of where the filter is. Sure, um, That's where they go to like weed all the potential architects out. And they don't really expect you to sleep or do anything other than study architecture. It was extreme pressure all of the time. I was constantly sleep deprived and constantly being yelled at. It was, it wasn't like a big, fun, flowery kind of thing. I thought, you know, oh, I get to draw houses and it'll be fun. It was not, it was a nightmare. And I mean, I had to drop out. I had to quit my job. It was, it was just, it was a lot. And that's kind of like, two things came together there. Um, you know, I had a love of architecture. I still do. I love architecture. And, you know, I had a fear of not having a roof over my head and I became obsessed with getting one. Um, and that's really the origin. That's where all of this comes from. It's all tangled up in trauma, as the kids say. Yeah. You know, so trauma's cool. It's the new black, right? <laughs> oh gosh, no, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so let me go back a little bit before you get yeah. kicked out. If someone at 14, right, mm -hmm. years old, asked Jared, what is home? What would you think you would have said back then before that oh, experience? It's such a philosophical question. Is it a feeling or is it a place? Mm. You know, I think for me, home is just it's it's where all your stuff is you know <laughs> i'm i'm in my wonderful home right now and I, I just i look around and it's just it's such a reflection of who i am i have my art i have my furniture and everything's arranged just so i feel like when you walk into someone's home it tells a story about who they are um and if they even care about telling that story you know but uh home to me is kind of a a love letter to my own identity you know, um, I have art in this home I made myself that nice. says so much about who I am. And I wouldn't hang that at a grocery store. It's here, you know, <laughs> like that's the thing. It's not at, you know, the locker room in my gym or wherever I used to shower back in the day. It's 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 all here. And I think it sounds silly, but having a place to put all your stuff, it's actually quite important, especially if stuff is more of a reflection of who you are than the other way around. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So, and that's always, that's something I learned kind of the hard way. Sure. Know? So you, you get kicked out, you, you drop out of school, you're, you're struggling yeah. to figure out who you are and where you are. What, what took you from that point to saying, I'm going to put this on my list and I'm yeah. actually going to go cross it off. You know, it, it took a long time to rebuild. Um, mm. But 10 years after all that happened, I found myself in Madison, Wisconsin and I love it there, by the way. I love the way people talk. You know, it's just like, hey, how's it going, folks? You know, yep. oh, I lived for it. As a Californian, anyone with like a silly accent, oh, so good. But yeah, I, I moved there for a job. I was working for the government, um, the state of Wisconsin, and I was renting out this condo and the landlord was just such a crappy guy. I mean, like the place was disgusting. There was mold everywhere. Everything leaked. Everything was broken. It was all the appliances he literally found on the side of the street. It just, it was a nightmare scenario. And the thing that I learned moving to Wisconsin is that there's just not any renter's rights 
I couldn't mm. really do anything. He didn't have to fix anything. You didn't yeah. have to make any accommodations. And I just had to keep paying rent. Yep. Welcome, there was... to, the, welcome to the Midwest. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And I mean, it, it convinced me that I had to get out of there and I had to get a house of my own. Mm. Um, at that point, I didn't trust renting. Um, but, you know, I think I found myself in a position that a lot of people are in. I didn't have anything saved up. I just moved across the country for a job. I had to cash out my 401k just to get a U-Haul. You know, I was broke as a joke, you know? And on top of it all, I found out at the time that someone stole my identity. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. So, and I didn't find out till years later. And that was a massive battle. But I always wanted to buy a home. You know, and I, for most of my life, it was this far off feeling dream. But being in this awful situation where I'm like, I got to get out of this place, you know, I realized I had to buy a house, even though I had no money, I had no credit, you know, mm -hmm. I knew nothing about mortgages. If you asked me what an escrow was, I'd be like, is it where S's grow? Like, I had no idea. I didn't know any of the lingo. I wasn't sure if it was possible. But I knew that if I wanted to settle down, if I wanted stability, if I wanted a good life, I needed to buy a home. And mm. that's really where it all came from. And so what were the steps that, you know, you made this rationalization or, this, you know, came to this yeah. conclusion that, ah, oh, I got to get out of this situation. I got to do something different. So what were the first couple of steps you took towards that? You know, I, it all, first I had to overcome a lot. You know, and uh, the biggest battle was really in my mind, because I think there's a lot of memes out there, you know, that talk about how unattainable home ownership is, especially for millennials, especially for lower or middle class people. And this is just there's kind of this prevalent thought that banks don't want to lend to anyone but Mr. Moneybags. And I believed that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And to be honest, after now I'm on the other end of that, you know, it's it's true. It's actually true, but it's also not true. It doesn't really matter. Um, there's there's ways around it. Yeah. I did a lot of research because for one, I knew I had to fix my credit and I was able to dispute a lot of the charges. Credit Karma, baby. It's a free app. Get it, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. I had to get my rating over 650. And that's the threshold for most home buyer assistance programs. And there's a lot of tricks you can do. I was able to dispute a lot of the theft, identity theft that happened, a lot of the collections I was in. You know, it, I think a lot of people are really afraid to look at their credit score. It's like a, it's like a monster in your closet, you know, like you just sure. you don't want to even look. You just kind of put the blanket over your head. And I learned the hard way. You can't do that. I didn't look for like 10 years and boy ever did it shoot me in the foot you know <laughs> but yeah there was there was one program in particular that i found in the state of wisconsin it's called weda w-h-e-d-a basically it's just a 100 financing program and that means your mortgage covers a hundred percent of the home sale price and you don't need a down payment um i also didn't need to pay mortgage insurance and what that is is basically if you put down less than 20 percent of the home's uh sell price um you have to pay a kind of an extra fee, this mortgage insurance, just to kind of secure those insecure bankers who are giving you money. Um, but I didn't have to do that, which kept my payment low. In the end, I only needed about like $1,000. Um, half of that I actually got back. The other half went towards like closing costs. Um, I was actually able to negotiate that the seller pay almost all of the closing costs. Um, and I know that all depends on how the market is at the time. You know, I I just happened to be doing it at kind of an opportune time. 
I still had to pay for an inspection. And at the time I didn't even know, like, I was like, can I do my own? Oh God, don't do your own. Don't do it. And spend good money on it. Spend good money. Like if I've learned anything, a good inspector is kiss his ring. If you can find a good inspector, love him forever. Don't lose that number. Um, And then I think I had to pay like a title fee. But, you know, other than that, I got into my home with very little money. And what you have to remember is when you purchase a home, your first payment isn't due for like a whole month. So all the money I paid up front was basically equivalent to paying my first month's rent at an apartment without having to pay a deposit. And I think that's something that blows a lot of people's minds that they don't realize, you know, is if you are not putting money down, you're not putting money down. Like it's just, you get the house and you first month's free basically. Um, and I, that's not really blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. That's really what's going on though. Um, so I'd also want to mention that I bought a four bedroom house in Mm -hmm. Madison, Wisconsin. It cost me the same as a two bedroom condo. And there is that whole idea of mortgages are so much less. And I got to tell you how WIDA works is they actually, you get two loans. One is for the down payment. One is for the rest. Once you pay off that down payment, my payments were less than what I was paying for the condo, even after everything said and done, you know, with utilities and with, you know, I had to buy a lawnmower, all that kind of stuff. I still, I still came out on top. Here at the Crossing It Off podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. You know, having to do repairs. I broke, I broke it. I'll admit it. I'll take responsibility. (laughs) I broke my water softener. I'm from California. I don't know what, I didn't know what the hell that thing was. So yeah, I broke it. So yeah, I had to, I had to learn the hard way and you're going to, that's the thing is you're going to break something in your home. Um, So just know that, you know, I, I think The thing is, I was so shocked at, yes, it's very complicated. Like I had to take a class just to be approved for this loan. I had to sit there. Yeah, it's like this little, you know, those little flash cartoons that they used to do like 20 years ago. Like, um, what is it like Homestar Runner and whatever. It really really felt like that. There were these little cartoons that were just scrolling around talking about like how not to set your whole neighborhood on fire. I had to do that. And I, I learned so, so, so much. One of the interesting things that I learned, actually, it wasn't from this silly cartoon. Not a lot of brokers who are, for the layman out there, they're basically the people who like manage and disperse your loan. They don't want to work with home buyer assistance programs, especially if they're like federal or government, because they just don't make as much money. Um, so I got ghosted by like a number of brokers. And when this first happened, I thought like, oh, I, I can't move forward. You know, I, I thought it was like I signed a contract with him and without him, I'm, I'm, I'm out. You know, I can't right. move forward. I can't I can't cheat on my broker. That's that's not how it works. Um, so you can you can go and find another one. And I actually went with like my credit union and they have like a whole team of brokers. So no one's wiggling out, um, which was really nice. But what I realized was that brokers will bamboozle you. They often have some special program of their own, you know, where they provide you with credits or whatever uh, to compete 
if you if you bring up like, oh, I have this 100% financing thing, WIDA, that I want to do, they'll say, oh, well, actually, you should use our program where you get these special credits. Um, and they're, they're very rarely the same or beneficial for yeah. you. If you can go with some sort of federal or state or city program, do it. There are a lot of programs out there. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand, especially people who have always dreamt of buying a home like I have. You don't need 20% down. You can get an FHA loan. I have words. Uh, (laughs) And that allows you to sometimes put down as low as like 3.5%. Now there's limitations and there are certain neighborhoods that are like, I don't want FHA over here. Very like NIMBY kind of stuff. But for a lot of people that can make all the difference getting an FHA loan. There's also like closing cost credits, grants, assistance programs. There are down payment loans. Um, There's something called the National Home Buyers Fund. And they can provide you for grants of up to like 5% of the total home's price. And that can, you know, make all the difference, like oh, I yeah. said. I live in the uh, state of Washington, and they have a specific program just for teachers that yeah. teach in the state of Washington. So there's lots of different programs out there that people can get connected with. And you just, it's like you said, you just have to do the research. You have to, you know, dig and fight and, you know, ask questions. It's, it's really important. So, Jared, what was it like? After you'd signed the paperwork, they hand you the keys, you go to the house for the first time. What was that feeling that you had um, when you walked first walked through the door? I cannot tell you how good it feels to be handed a set of keys and know that they're like yours. And I just, I, I, I knew I could walk into that house and I could put a hammer through every wall and answer to no one. You know, it's like, I'm mad with power. You know, I didn't have to be afraid of if something broke that, you know, I couldn't fix it or because it might piss off my landlord. You know, if I hired a handyman who was going to worry about paying for it, you know, I didn't have to think of that. I was the king of my own castle. And for the first time in my life, my home was my home. You know what I mean? And it does provide so much stability. Mm. And I think that was something I didn't realize. It's very axiomatic. You don't you don't know what you have until you have it when it comes to home ownership. And I was so surprised at the benefits because most of them are just emotional, honestly. And mm. yeah, there's like, oh, you know, the the value of the home goes up and all this other stuff. Even if that didn't happen, I would still want to own a home especially after being on both sides of that you know no puns intended both sides of that picket fence i i I think home ownership is just something where there is something so important about having your own domain um knowing like driving home from work knowing where you're actually going (laughs) to go where that home is it's so full circle for me now because I feel like there's a compass in my head and i know this sounds so odd but it's like you know birds always know where to migrate I can be drunk out of my mind in some random neighborhood. I live in Chicago now, but I know like blackout drunk, get on the blue line, get off over here and you're home. And it's like, no matter how dizzy or confused or disorientated I am, it's like, I know my North star and I know where my home is and I can like sniff it on the wind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's something that you don't realize how beautiful of a feeling that is until you have it. So Jared, so many folks today, especially in the younger generations are, are n- not 
moving towards home ownership that we have all yeah. this this whole generation of van lifers i've, I've met boat lifers i've been mm-hmm. you know i've met all these people that are like home ownership is just not for me in a kind way how would you try to convince them to to say I, i'm you should buy a home you know what i wouldn't say that um i think it's something that you have to know you have to you have to know for yourself and i had a coworker who romanticized the idea of living in a van and he did he lived in a camper for like a year and 3 months into it he was over it um but it took him a long time to kind of uh, get out of that situation because the way he did it there's a lot of details that I don't want to get into but it, he was kind of stuck for longer than he wanted to be by the time he was in the thick of it but I think there are other people who maybe that makes them happy maybe the way that they live their life they don't want to be tied down to a mortgage I mean like there's there's a term I don't remember what it is for like the things you do to pay your mortgage and what I will say is like if you want stability there are some things that I work a nine to five and I don't love it. I got to say that, but I do it because I want to pay my mortgage because I want to have this anchor, you know, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people. I, I mean, not a lot of people there. There are a lot of people who don't care for that kind of anchor, you know, who like the idea that they can just pack a suitcase and go and, you know, start a whole new life all over again. That's what brought me to, I moved to Wisconsin on a whim. My car broke down there when I was like 19. And I remember sitting on my hood and looking over the city um, at this rest stop that's now like, I don't know, probably like a grocery store. That city has like grown so much. But I remember sitting there looking over all these trees and all this nature and just being like, I'm gonna... I should live here someday. And then 10 years later, I hop on an airplane and I find a job there. You know, and if it wasn't for that kind of whimsical nature I had, I wouldn't now be so locked in and so happy to be locked in. So I don't think there's any problem with owning a home or not owning a home. I think it's just it should be available to whoever wants to own a home. And I think that's what's important. And I think the biggest barrier is actually in our minds. You know, I think there's a lot of misinformation that says it's impossible but it's not, I promise. Like I I had so much going against me when I got into it. And you just need to learn what's available for you. You know, right now, there are a lot of like companies that are buying up homes. There are a lot of people who want to flip them or just, you know, make them Airbnbs. And you're up against those people. But there are, depending on where you live, states and cities and counties, there are certain properties like bank-owned homes in Wisconsin that are only available to first-time home buyers um, when they first enter the market. So that gives you a natural advantage. And that's the thing. A lot of people look at homes and they like the carpet or they like the color of the walls and they think that's my dream home. But maybe something you should dream about is basically just like, is this something I can afford? Is this in a good neighborhood? Is this thing going to like collapse on me? I think a lot of people, especially first home buyers, they don't value practicality. They value the dream more than like, is do I need to like completely rehab this place where I live now? Get a good inspector. Cause I did not for this place now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I basically rehabbed this house. I mean, like I spent thousands of dollars getting this house to be not leaky. <laughs> there were animals like living in the walls, you know, and yeah. I, I didn't even know it. So I, you know, it's, you really have to, be wise. You have to know what you're doing. You have to learn. And you can't just go off this feeling of, oh, this home is so beautiful. Oh, look at, you know, 
the view from here or whatever it is. It's like, is this house going to explode? You know, like that, these are things that we don't think to ask, but we really, that's paramount. You know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So Jared, if there was one thing that you could, one piece of advice, practical or, or not, someone came to you and said, I'm looking to buy a home or I'm thinking about putting this on my bucket list to get a home. What's the one suggestion that you would give them to help them cross that off? You know, I think buying a home is a lot like a game of chess. And I think a lot of people, they try to play chess with the other pieces on the board and not their own. And I think you have to know what pieces you have. You have to know what you're capable of even doing. There's a lot of people who think, well, if I sell a kidney, I can buy this house that's out of my price range. Don't go that route. <laughs> you know, I, I there's so many people who just reach for heaven and you can't be doing that. You have to be practical. You have to be realistic. And I know that's sad because I'm talking about buying a home. There should be nothing that's more cavortuous, you know, like, oh, you know, it's what we dream of. But our dreams, when they become reality, sometimes they're a little bit more beige, you know, and that's fine. That's okay. A starter home is a starter home. Right. I'm living in my second home, you know? Yeah. There's seasons for everything, even yeah. van lifers and they go through seasons and they could want to have a home at some point. Yeah. Jared, thanks for sharing your story so vulnerably. Is there something else that you have on your bucket list that you'd like to do? You know, I want to just keep going. Like I said, I own, you know, four properties and I own some land in Savannah, um, Savannah, Georgia. I really want to develop it. Um, I have actually like the floor plans. I went to school for architecture. There I can do go. that. Um, so I have like all of the uh, all the blueprints for it. And I'm just going through the process of like, this is a new adventure, too. I'm going through the sure. process of getting it like approved by the city. So that's the next thing. And then after that, I'll just find another next thing. Um, because I just want to, you know, I want to rule the world. I want to own it all, you know, <laughs> I, to go from nothing to as much as I have now, I'm, I'm so happy. So, and that's, that's what homeownership is to me. It's just, it's, it's happiness, you yeah. know, it's, it's proof that I can do it, that I can rise above it all, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Jared, where can folks find you or and get information about you or hear more from you? Oh, darling, I am everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm on YouTube as Jared Troth. Um, I am on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon uh, Subject, and it's spelled funky, but it'll be in the description, so check go. it out. Um, and then also, what else am I? SoundCloud. I, I'm a music maker, and um, on SoundCloud, I have my profile, I-N-V-O-T. Oh, I spelled it, Invot. But it's, right. it's like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Invot uh, is my moniker whenever I'm performing musically. Uh, nice. so yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Um, awesome. it's not hard. Well, I do hope that you get everything you want. And, uh, oh, and thanks. if you, if you do own everything, just make sure that you leave a little space for me. That'd be awesome. Love and, to. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing more about your stories of, of getting more homes and rehabbing stuff. Jared, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. You were lovely.